Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today I will be speaking with Nat Pennington, founder and CEO of Humboldt Sea Company. Humboldt Sea Company specializes in cannabis breeding and strain development. Nathan, welcome. How are you? Or Nate, sorry. Nat, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Ellis. Uh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'll tell you, we're doing okay considering this crazy apocalyptic time we're in right now. So I appreciate you getting on. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's a beautiful sunny day in, in Humboldt County. Um, I'm sitting here in the eastern part of Humboldt. And uh, to be quite honest, um, I'm at my local nursery in the parking lot. And uh, just, you know, business, it's sort of the uh, things have to go ahead as planned. And um, obviously, you know, we're doing our our part social distancing and uh, not having as many clients into our main offices in Eureka, but uh, you know, this is farming and you know, the got to make hay while the sun shines, so to speak. <laughs> so true. I like that. So, uh, Nat, you know, I, I spent quite a bit of time in my younger days in, uh, in Garberville. And so I know Soham very, very well in Southern Humboldt and just that area in general. How did you get into this game, man? How did you start Humboldt Seed Company? What's your background? Yeah, good question. So I actually got to Humboldt County when I was 18 years old. Um, you know, I had gone to a little bit of, of college. I was in school for glass blowing and and ceramics art. So, you know, nothing really carried over too much into, into the future with that, but, um, hit the road with the high school sweetheart, uh, kind of trying to see the country. And, you know, we ended up making it about halfway together. And then I went the rest of the way on my own. She, she actually like fell in love with a famous female folk singer. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I just kept trucking and uh, ended up in Humboldt um, just because it's such a beautiful place. I mean, obviously, the cannabis was, uh, you know, a draw as well. But this is such an amazing place from, a, you know, ecological perspective and fell in love really quickly. And then, you know, immediately started getting really involved with uh doing local salmon restoration projects and, and fisheries research and quickly kind of worked my way up the ladder at a, at a nonprofit organization and became the, the director of the fisheries program and kind of played the role of a fisheries biologist, ended up writing a whole bunch of grants to both the federal government and the, and the state, and then, you know, some foundation work as well. And, you know, did, did that, but all the meanwhile, I mean, this was back in the, the mid nineties and cannabis, while it had, you know, we had voted yes on proposition 215 and 
legal cannabis as we know it today was just in its barely, you know, the baby stages of that were happening. It was nothing like it is today. And, and you couldn't really be out in the open as nearly as much. I mean, not even close to as much as you are That's now. Right. So when I, right. when I started breeding, it was, you know, as much out of necessity to, you know, keep cannabis genetics alive and we were still kind of hiding things and, and it was as much out of that, uh, you know, kind of need and, and the local need here in Humboldt County as it was a, a business strategy. And I think, you know, folks that have heard me talk before have heard, you know, it kind of evolved into a business, um, in tandem with doing the, the fish biology work. And, and one of the things that kind of made, you know, made me become more the business person was, you know, girlfriends over the years saying, you, you got to stop having a hundred people come over in January and February and March to get your seeds and all they bring you, all you tell them that they need to bring is a beer <laughs> or a six pack. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I said to myself, and this was like late nineties, I said, Oh, you know, maybe there, maybe there is a business in this and maybe, you know, I'm actually starting to put enough energy and, and effort that, you know, I felt like, yeah, it's okay to ask for, for compensation and, and then, you know, things obviously spiraled quite a bit from there. But I did keep that. Um, I was very heavily involved with a number of kind of environmental uh, movements here in Humboldt County. One in particular was the uh, efforts to remove the, the four dams on the Klamath River to open up the river for you know, the salmon run, which at one time would have been, you know, one of the top three salmon runs on the entire West coast of wow. the United States. And, uh, we actually just in the last five years, we signed an agreement to, to do that. And, um, it's a significant effort. In fact, uh, national geographic, it, you know, coined it as the world's largest, river restoration project and certainly the largest dam removal project when you look at the whole of the effort and and taking all of the the dams out at once and so that doing that and being so heavily involved with with the effort kind of gave me a huge interest in in science and and even genomics too so the we we did a study on salmon and, and, you know, looking specifically at differences in, in DNA and through that study, we were able to leverage some endangered species rulings and, and kind of protect the fish even more. And, and of course now that's pretty, pretty applicable to where we are with, with cannabis. Not that we're, you know, we are looking at cannabis genes. We're not, you know, genetic engineering or doing genetic modification, but we're, you know, using information to make better decisions about how to breed.
So with your with with your main operation, what is your main goal? And are you guys breeding for yourself? Are you breeding for others? Are you just a, a, a genetic bank to sell genetics? What is a, what's your business model? How does that work? So we're you know we believe that that cannabis will evolve to need sort of the the most classic sense of a seed company, and we kind of you know made that assertion really, really early on. And, you know, even before, um, you know, before clones were as much of a thing, but, you know, certainly we've always used clones and we we're well aware of, of cloning and, and we use tissue culture sometimes as well. And we're, you know, well-versed and well aware of that, but it's, it's our belief that as we perfect our breeding strategies and our our processes and as we hone in on developing very you know homozygous or uniform cannabis genetics that are you know as good or comparable to you know the most popular strains that are out there you know there's so many advantages to growing from clone any well-versed cannabis grower that has, you know, kind of started a race with a, a seed plant and a, and a clone propagated plant would, you know, surely admit that, that clones just, you know, or seed plants have that taproot. They, they don't come with pests or, or pathogens most of the time or almost all of the time. Whereas clones, you know, can be vectors and, and carriers for, for those problems. And, you know, I kind of, I don't want to talk myself into too much of a hole here because clones will always have a place and we, we use clones all the time in our, in our breeding, but um, we do believe that, uh, you know, that, that they're, the future is, is actually in, in seed and, and the cannabis breeding and, and strain development is another, you know, there's so much work yet to be done with, uh, you know, the development of, uh, sure. you know, I mean, if you look at like autoflower and, you know, what we can do now with, with feminized cannabis seeds and, Oh yeah, there's still there's still there's still so much room to for improvement for sure. Nat, let's take a quick break real quick and we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation. We've got Nat Pennington, founder and CEO of Humboldt Sea Company. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk 
to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. Nat, where do you get your genetics from? Where is the gene pool coming from? Are you guys out selecting these things locally? Are farmers bringing them to you? Do you have a stockpile for the last 20, 30, 40 years you've been doing this? Where does it all come from? (laughs) So uh, the the answer is yes to all of that. And (laughs) (laughs) to be a little bit more specific, um, you know, we're, we have always been a very sort of collaborative as by nature as a company. And so one of the things that we started doing a few years ago, well, I mean, really we've been doing it for 10, 15 years, but one of the things that we started doing more publicly recently is, uh, you know, hunting and, and doing it collaboratively with, you know, as we saw, um, you know, legalization in California or whatever you want to call it, recreational legalization. And, and then of course that comes with a, a scaled up kind of production and for better or for worse, um, we thought, Hey, you know, it Humboldt maybe isn't the place we don't have an existing massive agricultural infrastructure. So, you know, this isn't the Central Valley where you've got, you know, huge agribusiness yes. infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I think what we saw was, was hey, we need to really focus on strategy and innovation because I think, you know, as everyone is noticing, just having money and infrastructure, like just having, you know, a big field to grow on, and a bunch of money doesn't make you a good cannabis grower. It's so much of it is experience and hands-on experience. I mean, you can have, you know, a doctorate and you can have millions and millions of dollars and still really, really struggle. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing right now with some of these bigger publicly traded companies is that, you know, there's just, 
a little bit, maybe too much emphasis on uh, on leveraging capital and not enough emphasis on leveraging existing industry uh, knowledge and and experience and know-how. And, you know, I'm sure that that's kind of a cliche statement, but, but really it's, it's playing itself out in kind of a public sphere because, you know, when you look at the publicly traded companies, it's, it doesn't look super great, but, you know, I think that'll probably turn around for folks and, you know, don't sell all your stock, but <laughs> long, long story short is we've been very successful here in Humboldt because we've had so much, uh, so many years of practice. And when it comes from a breeding perspective, you know, we have, we, we've got staff that are, you know, trained breeding professionals and, but the, it's, it's that kind of back and forth, feeding back and forth between someone like myself who has had, you know, a decent amount of experience in genomics and science and, but has a wealth of experience with kind of seeing the, the, attributes of cannabis that are intrinsically valuable and whether that is just from a turpin perspective or even a unique chemotype you know the i mean we we don't necessarily know for sure that thc is the one active chemical the one molecule that that does it all i mean we are finding out more and more that there's a whole suite of them and so a lot of that is just really intuitive and being able to kind of select a, a varietal, you know, like we, just as an example, in the last five or six years, we, our blueberry muffin strain has kind of become world famous. And that's something that, you know, it, it took just an, an intuition of being around the sort of, you know, the family that created that variety to, to kind of really drive and, and hone in on the very specific, uh, phenotype that, that really the market was going to love. And, you know, we were able to put that variety forward and, you know, it's been a real winner for us. And since then we've come up with many, many more and, you know, won our fair share of awards. But um, I think that that's something that, that Humboldt really has in spades is, is people that can kind of see that future. And it, it, sometimes it takes knowing the past and having lived the past to be able to really kind of, you know, plug into the, uh, you know, what, what will be the future of cannabis. Sure. And we've seen, you know, over the last couple of years as the medical and rec markets have exploded across North America, everyone is all about the THC number on their, on their uh, product when they purchase it. And they want that thing to be 25, 30, 31% and all these crazy numbers. And I think 
know, there needs to be such an uh, education going on from that perspective that it's not just about the THC. It's all the other aspects of the plant that are so important. And with that being said, with you, with you breeding, are you guys chasing that high number? Are you looking for more terpenes? Are you looking for a yield? What is it that is driving your breeding and what your focus is on? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'll give you another answer. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we kind of have to, to do, we have to look for it all. And we've got, you know, usually our, our annual catalog might have, you know, 50 different strains that, that we feel comfortable enough that we've, you know, stabilized and made, made them uniform enough so that we can release them in seed form. I mean, we also do release uh, clone lines as well. And we do clone licensing agreements with California's big nurseries. And we do that with a couple farms as well. But um, uh, we do, we breed for everything. And if we find something, even if it's not the highest THC variety, if it has enough um, attributes that that are really driving us crazy and, and we really love it, we're gonna put more work into that and we're gonna release that. I mean, one of the, what, the couple that we came out with just this last season, we called uh, the hibiscus and one called squirt because it has a, a ridiculous grapefruit kind of smell to it. And those are both really, I would say, you know, feel good strains that are great for that, you know, morning or middle of the day, you know, when you still want to stay active, going for a bike ride, you're heading out for a jog or, you know, any, anything like that. And then, I mean, we tend to suggest the more powerful stuff that, that sometimes tends to have, you know, the more, what people call the, the fuel type gassy strains. My favorites, by the way. I love those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does, it's all, not always synonymous with, um, with potency because there are definitely quite a few, uh, of those gassy turpin strains that just, you know, they're not that potent. And, and in fact, even one of, you know, the most famous strains in the world, the OG Kush only tends to test usually in the low twenties. So, you know, sometimes it's, Hey buddy, I'm on an interview. <laughs> Sorry. We get, we have our, our little fan base here in Humboldt. It's hard to go anywhere. <laughs> But, um, you know, but I, I love gassy strains as well. And, and I think that as this market, you know, I I kind of actually, I, I looked back at what happened after prohibition. So, you know, what did that tightening of, you know, we, we lost all the, Anheuser bushes and everybody went to, they started selling these non-alcoholic malt beverages and, and when, and of course everyone went to smuggling and, and bootlegging whiskey and the heart, you know, the pure, pure, um, hard liquor. And that makes sense because 
you know, best bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah, it's best bang for your buck. And if you just want to get from point A to wasted, then there you go. You know, that's going to do the trick. And of course, you know, that lasted for a little while after um, prohibition ended because, you know, just like we're seeing with cannabis, different states kind of loosened their restrictions at, you know, to different degrees. And, and so I think that there's a lot of, I think that we're likely to see as, uh, you know, the restrictions loosen up and we, we start to have a more normalized cannabis economy, we'll start to see these more specialized cannabis varieties and the more craft cannabis producers kind of find their niche and they'll be able to differentiate themselves from, you know, the grain alcohol kind of. Nat, hold that know, thought that, real quick. Nat, hold that thought. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll continue with that. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Trends in technology, processes, and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, Lady Marijuana Llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome Thank to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Hey, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I've got Nat Pennington, founder and CEO of Humboldt Sea Company. Sorry to cut you off there. Go ahead. No problem. Yeah, I think we were talking about, you know, how, you know, if you compare to alcohol, which, I mean, I don't, cannabis is a whole different animal. I, alcohol has all sorts of issues and cannabis, I feel like, is a much less harmful substance. So I'll just get that out of the way. But if you do do a comparison, no one walks into the liquor store and says, hey, what's your highest proof exactly. bottle of liquor? That's what I want to buy. You know, you walk into the liquor store and you say, hey, I'm in the mood for a, 
a nice smooth uh, single malt scotch, what do you have? Or, or you know, more likely even, you know, you might want a beer or a glass of wine, which it's not just the, the quickest way to have the effects of the primary um, intoxicant. And, and I think that we'll see that with THC where THC may be a primary um, psycho, psychotropic or, you know, whatever that it's probably the, the driver, but we're, we're likely to see all of the, the subtleties become more and more important to people. And, and I really look forward to that because I think that if, consumers are going in and just simply shopping for whatever has the highest amount of THC, they're probably missing so many other different effects and, and just all the, the nuances of cannabis in general. And, you know, when you've been in Humboldt County for <laughs> almost 30 years and you um, have smoked weed for 35 years or whatever, then you get to know that, you know, there is so many different possibilities to smoking a joint and it can. That's why I love this plant. That's why I love this plant so much because there's so many different effects and experiences that you can achieve from this. If you understand and can decipher, you know, what the effects are to you personally, because what happens to one person may be different for another person. And I think that is, uh, you know, spot on with, you know, it's, it's, it's so amazing what each one of these varieties and terpenes and these things can have an effect on that overall experience for making you tired, making you energetic, getting you excited, making you lethargic. It's a full spectrum. That's absolutely right. And, and there's nothing, you know, I don't want people to confuse that with like, we, we're striving for consistency. And that's like one of the things that I think is, very important to us as a seed company is making seeds that, you know, if we say it's, it's blueberry muffin seeds, every single time you grow a plant from those seeds, it's going to smell like a blueberry muffin and going to have a lot of the same effects that, so that's the consistency part of things. And, and I encourage folks, don't just don't confuse that with diversity because, you know, it, of course, you want to be able to go and if you like blueberry muffin, you want to be able to come back to the dispensary and get blueberry muffin every time you want it. And that's critical. But I think it's also critical that, you know, if you want to try something new, you like, you know, lemon haze and find out that really works for you in in this setting or, you know, when you're after this kind of effect, then hey, you should be able to get lemon haze. And and I mean, just like you said, there are so many different attributes that I think we've yet to even scratch the surface, if, if that's possible, because there's already hundreds of thousands of different kinds of cannabis, and I believe that there will be lots more to come. That's what makes it so exciting. Now, we've got about a minute left here. Any closing words to our audience today? Uh, yeah, I hope everybody out there is, um, you know, being safe and and taking care of, of their family and, and the people that might be uh, 
most affected by this global crisis that we're having right now. I think it's a good time to reach out. And I think it's also a really good time to get back to nature and, and look at, you know, get into the garden if you, if you can do that at all, because, you know, we don't have to keep our distance from plants, just from other people. So get gardening. Matt Pennington, founder and CEO of Humboldt Seed Company. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Matt, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, guys. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.